Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by TargetInternet.com. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers. And I'm Daniel Rolls. And today, Daniel, we're going to be talking about useful Twitter features we've been exploring recently. Yeah, so we've kind of gone back and looked at the platform again. There's lots of discussion about the fact that less people are using Twitter and the youth audience doesn't use Twitter. And I wanted to kind of deep dive into it and we'll share some stats in a moment. But upon investigation, we are not really generally as an industry comparing apples to apples. We look at active Instagram users and the stats are coming from Instagram themselves. We look at active Twitter users we're not just getting the stats from Twitter, we're getting them because most of, most of the Twitter data is kind of publicly accessible. So it's not always apples to apples. And I'd also say that those people that use Twitter actively are very active. And actually, there is a youth audience in there, but it's just the youth audience that's really engaged with something. Yeah. So if you're into politics or if you're into a particular thing, it tends to be a place where people actually go and debate and discuss. Now, that leads to a lot of negative stuff going on as well and you know it's got the reputation for trolling and not very nice stuff but actually it is a platform that is open to debate if you're into politics if you're into digital marketing it's hugely active so i think you do need to take a step look at it back and look at it and i was also discussing with some of my students who are about 21 years old and they said i don't really use twitter i don't really get it and then i've spoken to them three or four years after they've been they've left so they're kind of getting to their mid-20s and they're all on twitter now So I think there is an argument that people are adopting it as they get into those kind of age groups. And the reality is we were looking at some stats a second ago. The age group that we were looking at is 25 plus is the main user base. Yeah. So it all adds up. So I would say if you haven't looked at it for a while, go back and take a look. Its user base certainly isn't dropping. And in fact, the stats that we looked at uh, literally a moment ago say that it's going up 3% um, year on year. So it's growing very kind of steadily. It's still getting really high levels of engagement, but there's some probably some functionality in there that you're not aware of and not using if you haven't visited in a while. So yeah. Kieran's been doing a bit of a deep dive into the advertising options, Twitter cards and some other kind of fun stuff. So do you want to kind of get us into yeah, what we've been do, looking at? Yeah, I do. So uh, the, the real, the, my big discovery last week, and I got so excited about this, was Twitter have this great feature called Twitter cards. Now I've I've been aware of them and, you know, we've looked at, you know, how we can get our website to automatically generate them for, you know, for every article that we produce that are automatically there. But I'd never really explored Twitter cards in the actual native platform um, properly. And it was because I've been been exploring how we can make use of of all the different social media advertising um, platforms. I didn't realize, I I knew you could use Twitter cards. I'd never realized you could have a Twitter card specific ad. And also, I didn't realize all the things that you can do with Twitter cards either. So actually, there are several different types of Twitter cards. Um, you can create website cards, which are cards that represent your, you know, a, some piece of content on your website. We can have app cards, which help you promote an app. You can have direct message cards, which enable you to engage automatically with your, your audience. You can even have conversation cards, which, you know... <laughs> Just like engage them in conversation. And I, and I really love the tweet to unlock cards. So literally, you can encourage your audience to you know, retweet something in order to unlock access to a link uh, in the card that you've created. So, you know, the cards, cards themselves, I think what's great about them, they, they're definitely 
optimized for, uh, as a visual element within Twitter. Now, they look great. You can add image or video. That image and video can automatically have a hyperlink built into the image or video. So you don't have to have those separate unattractive looking links like you do when you attach a, a video or an image to your tweet. And they just, they just look great. They take up a lot of space. They get a lot of attention. And I ran my first ever trial test of a Twitter ad last week. And I was overwhelmed at the amount of response that it got. You know, it, it reached a huge audience compared to what we would normally reach organically. Well, there's a good point here because historically, when we looked at cost per click, in my mind, and if someone said to me, right, give me the list of platforms in terms of their expense, in terms of the average cost per click, I'd probably go display ads on the Google Display Network, kind of cheapest. Yeah. Then you might get into Facebook ads yeah. um, being kind of second cheapest. Then you might get into... Uh, kind of Instagram and Facebook around the same. Then you might get into Google ads. Then I would get up to maybe Twitter and LinkedIn ads finally as being the most expensive. Yeah. Actually, this has turned this on its head a little bit when you do this properly and you look at some of these new options. The average cost per click was coming in par with Facebook ads. Yeah, easily. I mean, you know, we were getting good levels of click from around 50 to 70 pence a click, which I think is really, really good. And good quality clicks as well. This yeah, is they the were. difference as well. Well, that was the other thing that really surprised me. Like, one of the things I thought might happen if you did this is you just get a load of bot traffic. Well, it doesn't look like that's the case. Unless bots hang around for three or four minutes and, and convert, which some of our audience did, I don't. I just don't think that's the case. And we're talking about quite relatively small numbers. It was a, a, a few small trials that we ran of, you know, and all, all of the promotions kind of under 50, 50 quid, 50 pounds. And we got some really great results off of it and, and actually amazed me how popular the content we promoted was. You know, people were really engaging with it. So, you know, it's not, it's definitely not our content, which is good to know. Part of me was wondering, you know, because actually if we post something out organically on our target underscore insights Twitter channel, you know, we might be lucky to get the odd comment, maybe up to a dozen clicks on it, you know, relatively low levels of engagement. When I look at the, you know, for organically, how how far that content goes, it's, it's only been shown to a few hundred people. Put a few pounds behind a, a promotion and suddenly, you know, we had like 11,000 people. Um, looking at it and a lot of in, uh, relatively a lot of engagement with it so it's, it's I just think there's, a, there's a deeper thing going on here as well and i've been mm. we've been discussing this a lot ourselves we, we have this habit as do most people of creating some content putting a lot of effort into it tweeting it facebooking linkedin it and just going here's our content and putting a nice image with it yeah and you get a low level of click-throughs organic reach you know will be challenging generally speaking but the reality and this the example i've been giving at the moment is i post up a picture of my desk which is basically saying, look, this is my home setup. I've been stuck at home for the last couple of months. I've been working at home. This is my desk setup. I've got my standing desk and I've got my tablet here and I've got all this kind of stuff. And it went crazy and everyone was engaging and it got really nice kind of engagement. And it's just that thing of saying, if you just broadcast out your content, here's a blog post. Yeah, it's not very social, is it? And therefore, it doesn't really get that level of engagement. Whereas actually, when you're creating Twitter cards, you're putting a bit more effort into how you present it, why it's useful, why it's valuable. And therefore, it does get high levels yeah. of engagement. And we preach this stuff all the time. I think all of us sometimes need to take a step back and relook at our social strategies. And we're doing this again at the moment. And what was working isn't necessarily working anymore mm. because we are bombarded with stuff. We are more discerning about the content we actually give our attention to. And therefore, if we're going to spend the time and effort creating a bit of content, every piece of content should have a kind of marketing plan around it. Mm. 
You know, why do people interested? How am I going to use paid social promotion about it? If I'm willing to spend the money on the content, I should be willing to pay for some promotion around that as well. So I think we, we do need to take that step back and we do need to make it a bit more personal. But I think there is a lot of opportunity with a lot, all the social platforms. If you don't look at regularly, you kind of miss because they're updating the options. The other one that blew my mind recently was LinkedIn ads. If you haven't taken a look at LinkedIn ads for a while, go in and take a look at it again. You can do carousel ads now you know, like Instagram ads and things like that that you probably wouldn't have imagined you could do. So it's definitely worth taking a look at. So talk us through some of these these Twitter options. All right, okay. So we've got a whole bunch of things. Um, they've got some great promotional mechanisms. Obviously, literally everything on Twitter's advertising platform starts with a tweet, right? So you can have your promoted tweets, and I'll come on to those in a second. But you can also have promoted accounts where you're looking to gather more followers. So this is great, particularly if you've got a... a like a, a very small audience who are just starting out a new account. It's a great way of, of growing that initial audience. And, and that's going to put your account as a recommendation towards people. Twitter's AI, I think, could be interested in the sort of content that you that you produce. They've also got, and we've played around with this. I'm not a massive fan. They've got Twitter promote mode. And it's interesting what it does for a nominal sum. I think it's, it's around £90 a month. I think it's like $99 that. a month. If $99 I remember right, a yeah. month, yeah. You can literally automatically promote your tweets it's kind of like a boost if you view facebook boosts and what that tends to do is the first 10 tweets or so every day that you post would automatically get boosted to reach a wider audience and also they would promote your account while they're at it as well so that's like a one-off flat fee and then you've got promoted trends. Now, I was curious about it. We've yet got the budgets to do this because my understanding is, and I had to Google this to try and find out what it cost. Some people were kind of stating in the region of kind of $200,000 a day for a promoted trend. And that's not come directly from Twitter, so I wouldn't take that as read. But my understanding is they are an expensive thing because you have to reach out to an account manager if that's something you want to do. But, you know, they're all promotional mechanisms uh, available. Now, when it comes to your, your actual promoted tweets, this is where I think it gets really interesting because I didn't realize the extent to how much you can target those promoted tweets. So you can do it using a Twitter audience, using any of the sort of demographic data available on Twitter. And they have also got the ability to target people who have recently been tweeting or talking about certain subjects or using certain hashtags. I think that's amazingly powerful. You've also got tailored audiences. So this is very like your sort of Facebook custom audiences in that I can upload contacts that I have and it'll match the contacts I have against known details in a Twitter account. Okay, you, you would need to kind of pivot on either a Twitter username or a telephone number or an email address or all three if you have all those three things. But that, that opens up all sorts of possibilities for you know retargeting and remarketing to, to existing audiences who you're already in in contact with. And then you've got flexible audiences where you can get really flexible and, and do a whole um, match uh, of a whole variety of things. The Twitter pixels, well worth setting up because that enables you to, you know, just like you would do in other social media platforms, channel adverts towards people that have actually visited your website. And I think, you know, it's essential to have these things if you want to build a campaign and a strategy around, you know, a bit of a sales funnel. So people at different stages all the time. And the aim is you have different campaigns promoting you and, 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 grabbing attention for different people at different stages of their user journey and, and purchase journey but yeah amazingly 
um, powerful. And then within these Twitter ads, obviously I can use just normal tweets and, and promote those. You can also make use of Twitter cards within your advert. And I, I this is the area that I'm most excited about because they just look so much better than the you know the organic tweets that I've been posting up with with images on them. And the fact that you can do so much with these Twitter cards, you know, you can have static image cards or video cards. You know, I really think it's worth playing around with and experimenting and seeing what what gets attention i'm very excited about it very excited about it daniel well it is exciting because i think it takes me take a step back and just look at these platforms a bit more one thing that is worth talking about though is tracking all this stuff yeah what's working and what's not and the whole <gasps> analytics tracking codes and how yeah. you've kind of done that yeah so this was the one thing that i found tricky because i wanted to start experimenting with you know when i get hold of something new like this let's experiment let's find out what works and what what doesn't work so well and in order to do that i have to to track all of the clicks and you know how many people go through to the website and how many people then go on to do something that we find a value on the on the website and i'm sure it's something that all of you do so we we're using google analytics and we use uh utm tracking codes that's urchin tracking module for the geeks of you out there it's urchin used to be what this system was called before google bought it and named it google analytics and they're, they're really they're just little codes that enable you to track you know who's come from, from from where so you know i like to think of it you know for every web page that i have i can put a little color-coded mat in front of a of a of a window i'm going to open up in twitter so that i know anybody that walks across that mat that's come from twitter you know what what it was they clicked on and, and, and what they did what's problematical about utm codes is a bit tricky simple things really you, know, you, you you've just got a, a whole bunch of values that you can assign to your your url which then shows up in your analytics the problem with them is that, that those little tracking codes are case sensitive so if one person in your team does facebook with a lowercase f and you've set up a tracking code uh, in with an uppercase f they're going to show us two different lines within google analytics and although you know for a long time we've recommended google's utm code builder which is brilliant I found a better one, Daniel. It's really, really good. It's called utm.io. Uh, and basically, this is a, a, a separate service. They've got a lovely free account, which you can do lots on. They have paid for accounts as well. With the free account, you just get like one user. So if you want to start sharing the codes and, and making use of, of their tool amongst the whole team, you'd need to pay for it. But it's not hideously expensive. But we're just playing around with the free version at the moment. And what it enables me to do is to not only create utm codes on the fly so there's a lovely chrome plugin that enables you just to create them from any web page and it'll automatically suck in the web page you're on and create a utm code for it you can populate it with values for campaign source and medium and keyword and all that good stuff but it also which i loved it integrates with bitly so you can link it up to your bitly and it will shorten your urls in bitly and i love that because i love to track in bitly analytics how each of my um, codes is working and it just all together having that there just makes it an absolute breeze you know i can not only can i keep all of my codes consistent because it it remembers any code that i've given and pulls it up in a little drop down list it's just it's just super good check it out utm.io yeah, I think it's really important because so many people use them, but if you use them n not consistently across your different teams and you forget what you've done historically and all those kind of things, it just doesn't work and it gets into yeah. a bit of a mess. So I think it is really important. Now, the other thing you've been playing around from that attribution point of view is Facebook attribution. And it's yes. worth mentioning now, and we'll do a deeper episode about this later on, but I'm quite excited about this. It's a relatively new product. It 
does a lot of things that you don't get elsewhere. And we are we're very reliant on Google Analytics, right? So yeah. we, we all use Google Analytics, so. or unless we're so. using Adobe Analytics, probably, and uh, we kind of trust it. But Google have an agenda, and I'm, and I'm not saying it's not true analytics, but I think there's also a fact that it's a tool that isn't perfect, as no tool is. I think yeah. it's brilliant. I mean, I absolutely yeah. love it, and I spend a lot of time in it. But we need something else. And actually, Facebook attribution doesn't just do Facebook. It does everything. So just tell us a bit about that, it, Kieran. That was the big surprise for me. You know, one of the, one of the things, if you're running Facebook uh, campaigns, it'd be really lovely to to know who's seen your adverts and who went on to convert. And to a certain extent, you know, the tools they have will do that. But what Facebook attribution does is take this to a whole new level. So it, it, it's quite easy to set up. You just need to activate it and, and jump through the steps that it gives you. There's a little bit of work in, in telling it what your conversion is. And you do need to have the Facebook pixel on your website in order for it to be able to work. But what it'll do is that it'll actually take a look at where everybody comes into your website and it'll do that across multiple user journeys. That's something that Google Analytics isn't so good at, at doing, in my opinion. I mean, you know, a lot of their reports are very much last click uh, reports. So it's only when I take that last journey, enter the website and convert, all the credit goes to one place. And although that last click data is useful, it's certainly not the full picture. So, you know, Facebook attribution goes a little bit wider and it, and it will give you a breakdown of all of your organic and all of your paid traffic, not just from Facebook, but through, through Bing or through Google, wherever it's coming from, through Twitter, through any of the social media channels it's going to give you a count of how many people have come in through those channels and how many people have actually converted and it's got so many different attribution models you can apply to it. it's really really flexible so I, I i really can play around with that and and see how my different channels are, are playing over different different periods of time it's brilliant it's brilliant the only snag i have found with it is that there aren't anywhere any great tutorials on you know from from beginning no, to there's end, not, how to make use of it. There's not much documentation yet because not it's such a new tool. They haven't built yeah. that much documentation in. So yeah. it is, you're working it as you go through. It does some really clever things like automatically set up conversions and, and when someone fills in a form and all sorts of things. Yeah. But you need to take a look at that and see what it's tracking because we could see it was tracking conversions, but it wasn't exactly as we thought it was initially. So it's, it is a great tool. It's really worth looking at. I think that the thing from this... In both cases, if you've got the Twitter pixel, you've got the Google Analytics code, you've got the Facebook pixel on your website, you can get the different tracking from each of those platforms. Google yeah. Tag Manager is a good way of managing that, so you yeah. can manage it nice and easy from one place. But I just think this not being over-reliant on one traffic source is really important. Um, I've seen it time and time again, and we're, you know, we've been guilty of it, where you are very reliant on one traffic source, and then something changes or it doesn't work out. And if, if you lose that from a business risk point of view, you could be in big trouble. So I think actually going across and, and keeping you on all these different platforms is really important because, it, you know, in most situations, if all your business was coming from one place, you'd realise what a big risk that was. But if you're completely reliant on Google pay-per-click ads or Google organic search traffic or something like that, that is a business risk because things do change. So I think going across multiple platforms becomes more important as well. Well, that, that was the real eye-opener for me. Within Facebook attribution, you've got the ability to link this up with lots of different advertising platforms. So I can mm. link it up to you know Microsoft Bing ads. I can link it up to Google Display ads. I can link it up to all sorts of you know networks um, like Rocket Fuel and Outbrain and um, numerous others I've never even heard of. And what I'm then able to do is not only attribute people that have clicked through to my website, but I can then start attributing you know sales directly to you know people that were just served up impressions on different ad networks. 
And that's huge. That's really, really huge. Like yeah, that gives you such a good an ability for one tool to pull in all of those places. Not perfect. It doesn't yet linked up with LinkedIn. And sadly, it doesn't link up with Twitter yet. So if anyone from Twitter's listening, <laughs> that's, that's really good reasons not to. Please you know, get that in there because I'd love it. Yeah, I'd say Google Analytics did look at, they did do this briefly that you could bring in kind of data from other platforms and then compare it. Yeah, and then it, the tool kind of disappeared. But I think the the reality is that it's so useful to be able to look at impressions and then what happens afterwards and then see the commonality between that. Oh, those people that saw that didn't actually click on it, but they ended up doing this. Fantastic. I mean, you could you could do that in something like Google Data Studio or one of those other kind of reporting tools, but it's a very manual kind of process, whereas this is a lot more automated. Definitely. Check it out. We'll put a link to it in the, in the show notes, but, but check it out. And we'd love to know what you think of it. Fantastic. All right. Well, tell us how you get on. If you're doing any Twitter promotions, we'd love to hear about it as normal. Uh, of course, you can find everything on the show notes, targetinternet.com forward slash a podcast. And we'll speak to you again soon on the Digital Marketing Podcast. If you're trying to improve you or your team's digital marketing skills, there's a 30-day free trial on targetinternet.com. Go over and sign up for an account to get access to over 200 interactive learning modules right now, completely for free.